Hello, I'm Cliff Smith. I'm the Washington Project Director of the Middle East Forum. Welcome to our webinar and podcast series. Uh, this particular event, we will have about 15, 20 minutes of questions um, between me and our guest, and then you will be able to ask questions. So as you're thinking about this through the course of the event, please type questions into the Q&A section and hopefully we'll get to them towards the end. Uh, for several years now, the Middle East Forum has been very concerned about the role of Turkey under President Erdogan, which has taken a historically secular pro-American country in an anti-Western Islamist direction, seemingly at light speed. Uh, at the Washington Project, we have been working with various groups and even countries that share the same concerns. One of those countries is Greece. Uh, of course, sitting on the edge of Turkey is not Greece's only connection to the Middle East. It is just over the water from Israel, Lebanon, Egypt, and not far from many other key countries and other parts of the region. It has always been involved in the politics of the region, has always been a significant player. Today, we have a very special guest in Alexandru Papadopoulou, Greece's ambassador to the US to discuss all this with us. Welcome, Ambassador. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and discussing with you about issues that uh, affect uh, both my country and the United States, uh, but also um, all of us in the Middle East. Indeed. Um, let's just start with uh, something that kind of got us started on this. Um, it is no secret that there have been lots of tensions between Greece and Turkey in recent years that have been led to very significant problems, um, from territorial disputes to overflights to Cyprus and numerous other, other flashpoints, Turkey has been a source of tension. And you have been the opposite sides of many of these in DC. Um, and when I spoke with you uh, a while back, you said something I thought was very interesting. You said that in your view, you didn't believe the Turks truly understood how the US government works. Uh, can you explain what you meant by that and what led you to that conclusion? Uh, let, let me address, because your question entails two elements. Uh, the issues uh, are between Greece and Turkey and how Turkey perceives and understands the U.S. system uh, of government. Uh, when it comes uh, to the Greek and Turkish issues, uh, um, as far as we're concerned, there is only one issue, the limitation of maritime zones. Uh, you understand that there are numerous treaties, uh, starting with the Lausanne Treaty, uh, that defines all uh, the borders, sovereignty issues, everything. Um, unfortunately, uh, in recent years, uh, um, we see on the part of the government of Turkey a source, a, a, a signs of irredentism, a signs, a signs of revisionism, uh, to re revisit uh, history. I revisit uh, treaties that have been in place for at least 100 years. Uh, and uh, it's a rhetoric that is really very dangerous. Unfortunately, we all live in, in an historical time that a lot of, of many revisionist powers uh, emerge. And uh, many countries remember glories of the past uh, or injustices, real or perceived injustices by history. Uh, as far as my country is concerned, there is one golden rule. Bygones and bygones, there's issues 
for historians to debate. Uh, all of us, especially countries that have long, long history, uh, have seen uh, both defeats and victories. We all won something, we all lost something. Greece has lost more than its fair share throughout history, but we cannot revisit history. And if we want to live in peace and security, we respect the treaties that are uh, already in place. Uh, and uh, whether they're right, wrong, uh, they're uh, second thoughts, third thoughts, let them for debate in universities. But politicians and government uh, respect international law, respect rule of law, and rules-based uh, rules international order. Because if we don't, we see what's happening in Ukraine, and we see uh, this, uh, then it's going to be a jungle. So, for Greece, there is, yes, the limitation of maritime zones is an issue at stake because this is a rather new concept. But of course, there is no question about sovereignty of the Greek islands. There is no question about uh, uh, territorial issues because if we start talking about that, it's over. <laughs> it's, there is no end. When it comes to this, whether Turkey understands the American system of government, I don't speak about Turkey in general. I speak about the present administration in Turkey. Uh, we have to remember that when Erdogan introduced the uh, presidential system of government, uh, he boasted that he imitated the American presidential system and that the Turkish uh, new presidential system is tailored after the American uh, presidential system. But this is not correct. I don't know whether it's uh, on paper is tailored in the same way, but in the US there is a clear distinction of powers. The executive, the legislative, the judiciary. Uh, we all understand that the Turkey, the system doesn't work like that. Uh, and, the, uh, and the presidential palace uh, con controls, uh, and the, the AKP, the ruling party, controls uh, uh, the National Assembly, but in a way that no American president can uh, order senators uh, or members of the, uh, of the House of Representatives uh, uh, what to do or what not to do. And of course, there is no inter interference by the American administration in the judiciary. And we have seen, uh, and this is a sign of a very strong American democracy that we all admire, the fact that the, the, the courts, uh, you, they can, you can take a president, an ex-president to the courts, I mean, which is something uh, unique, but it's exactly the sign of the American democracy. This is not the case in Turkey. Uh, uh, not at all. So when um, uh, the administration, Mr. Blinken talks to Mr. Savusoglu, or the president, President Biden talks to Mr. Erdogan about the role of Congress in approving uh, um, sale of military equipment or aircraft, uh, um, I, 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 we, a lot of times we get the impression, uh, especially through the Turkish press and the Turkish press uh, uh, that reflects the government's views, uh, uh, that it's up to the president to persuade Congress, which is not the case. Uh, the president and the administration can have a certain view about a certain issue, but they have to talk to Congress and the, uh, the views of Congress are taken into consideration. So when um, the administration tells to the Turks, yes, we're in favor of approving the sale of F-16, uh, for the Turkish government, this is, this is it. There is no other uh, step in the way. But for the American government, there is a huge step, which is to take into consideration the views of Congress and gets approved to get approval by Congress. And this is this is a lot of misunderstanding there and how the system, both systems work.
you bringing that up, the system of elections and government in Turkey at this current time, um, Turkey has an upcoming election. Uh, what are your views about Turkey's election? What does it mean for Greece, the US, NATO, and other allies in the region? Uh, my, uh, uh, our biggest hope is that some of the very, um, very uh, inflammatory rhetoric that we heard before the election uh, was just for electoral purposes. Uh, we know that uh, uh, for the first time in his 20 plus years of government, President Erdogan faces a real challenge. Uh, the latest polls show that um, it, the elections can go either way. Uh, so we understand that in a very tight election period, uh, a lot of things are said in different ways that uh, they're going to be carried out uh, after the election. So this is our biggest hope. Uh, of course, after the earthquakes and the swift uh, and uh, Greek response uh, to the needs of the Turkish victims, uh, uh, the fact that Greece, uh, the Greek team was the first one to arrive at the, uh, at the scene of the earthquake, uh, even before the Turkish teams, uh, and uh, all these uh, uh, signs and expressions of compassion and solidarity uh, on behalf of the Greek people towards the Turkish people has softened uh, uh, the rhetoric of the of the Turkish uh, leaders. Uh, we hope that uh, this softening will continue after the elections. Of course, we understand that this is going to be a difficult time until uh, the Turkish elections finish. And uh, we're very patient, we can wait. Of course, we have also elections in Greece, but in Greece, uh, what is at stake is completely different than what it is. Uh, the elections in Greece are completely different uh, than what it is in Turkey, because in the Greek uh, election cycle, foreign policy this is not an issue at all. Uh, all parties agree on, on the main uh, themes and the direction of the country, so it's only domestic issues that play a role. In the Turkish foreign uh, Turkish elections, is the opposite. Uh, of course, domestic, but also foreign policy issues. Uh, so after the electoral cycles are over in both countries, uh, we hope that this detente that we see, the softening of the rhetoric that we see uh, in the last month or so after the earthquakes, uh, uh, will continue and hopefully materialize in a better relationship that we bo both countries need. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Uh, you touched on this briefly, but um, let me ask you on expand a little bit. The, the, the horrifying tragedy of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria has obviously caused massive humanitarian devastation. It also seems at least temporarily to have moderated tensions between Greece and, Greece and Turkey, as you as you alluded to. Uh, do you view this as temporary? Does it depend on the election? Um, how do you view the whole dynamic, how it's shifted? It remains to be seen. We have to wait for after the elections and the new uh, Turkish government to be in place and see how they will continue. As far as Greece is concerned, we want a very good relationship with Turkey. We never use harsh rhetoric. Of course, we'll defend our rights, but there are many ways to defend your rights. You don't have to threaten your neighbor. A force or threatening use of force is not acceptable in today's world. We're both NATO members, so on paper we're NATO allies, and we hope that we can be real NATO allies that can 
talk and uh, sort out differences in a peaceful and uh, um, way. Uh, all uh, differences exist between neighbors. <laughs> differences don't exist between countries that are on opposite sides of the world. So this is not something that uh, should should be so unique. Uh, but uh, what is unique is when one country use uh, threatens to send. Uh, uh, ballistic missiles against the capital of another country. This is not normal. Uh, we hope that after um, the, the elections, uh, this uh, good atmosphere will continue. We have a lot of items on a positive agenda that we can work with uh, together, like tourism. Uh, and there were better times in Greek-Turkish relationship when we worked together in many issues. Uh, and we live in the same neighborhood. We have to live together. We have been living together. We will continue to live together. So uh, the Greek government, and this is regardless of elections and regardless of political parties, everybody agrees on that. We want a better relationship with Turkey and we're going to work for a better relationship with Turkey. But it takes two to tango. And another element I would like to add to this discussion is that this, the, uh, the, the Turkish foreign policy is not a problem for Greece right now. It's, it's a big issue for the United States uh, and for a lot of other countries in the region. Uh, because uh, uh, the, 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 the issues between uh, the, the US uh, and NATO and uh, Turkey are not limited to, 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 to uh, Turkish behavior towards Greece. Uh, I mean, we have the S-400, we have the role of Turkey in Syria, the role of Turkey in the Caucasus, uh, the role of Turkey in Libya, and uh, the uh, evasion of sanctions against Russia, the relationship between, uh, with, between Turkey and Iran and Russia. So it's a list of issues uh, where um, the US and, uh, and Turkey do not see eye to eye. So it's very, um, it, it, it doesn't give you a, a whole view if you limit uh, the, 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 the problems of Turkey to only to its relationship with Greece. And I, I'm old enough to remember when President Erdogan took over and then at, he, at that time he, his foreign minister was Mr. Davutoglu, uh, when he had the policy of zero problems with neighbors. And at some point now, Turkey has uh, uh, ended up with having problems with all the neighbors. So something is going wrong in this way and something has to be corrected. But And we want Turkey to correct this uh, because it's a big country, it's an important country, we are neighbors and we have to live together. We have no choice. Moving on from Turkey, let's discuss some other issues. Um, Greece has recently um, become very involved in a venture colloquially known as the three plus one, a diplomatic quad of Greece, Cyprus, Israel, and the United States. Uh, can you discuss how this came to be and what it means for the countries involved? For quite some time, uh, Greece uh, um, has embarked on these uh, uh, trilateral schemes. Uh, it was Greece, uh, Cyprus, Israel, Greece, Cyprus, uh, Egypt, Greece, Cyprus, Lebanon, Greece, Cyprus, Jordan, Greece, Cyprus, Armenia, Greece, Cyprus, uh, Serbia. You know, it's uh, um, it's it, 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 it's a series of three uh, of trilateral schemes uh, in order to promote uh, cooperation 
in the region. Um, all these schemes are based on, on uh, policies like uh, civil protection or environmental or energy or cooperation in general, not high politics, plain cooperation. One of these schemes was uh, Greece, uh, Cyprus and Israel. Uh, but as time progressed, this scheme really took off uh, and included many, many more aspects of cooperation because we are three countries, uh, all three democratic, all three on the same side of the geopolitical game, uh, seeing eye to eye, uh, having uh, shared uh, concerns and interests. And the US uh, I was added as... Um, as an observer, let's say so three plus one, and little by little with more and more role. And at some point, hopefully, it will be like a full-fledged uh, US participation. And uh, this scheme is used for this close cooperation on all these areas, that, um, mainly it's energy, climate, prote uh, climate environmental issues, uh, civil protection, uh, um, areas that really we have a lot to share. Uh, and it's deepening and it's very important for all three countries. And also it acquired an aspect that it's the only a scheme with this aspect, a parliamentarian uh, aspect. And the US Senate, now we have a three plus one parliamentarian scheme, which is uh, six parliamentarians from Greece, Israel, Cyprus, and six senators. And it's the first time that the US Senate participates in such a scheme, which is a very important thing. Uh, we live in, in, in precarious historical times, a, a huge transition, Acute changes around us, so we have to stick together and exchange views. After all, we share the same principles, the same interests, and Greece, Cyprus, and Israel the same geographical position and the, the, the same geopolitical dangers. Fascinating. Um, it has been reported that Israel helped Greece foil a major terrorist plot on Greek soil that was aimed at a Jewish restaurant that was with a Pakistani origin perpetrator with purported links to Iran. Uh, can you tell us anything more about this incident? Yeah, it's no secret that the Greek-Israeli relationship and cooperation is very, very deep, and it doesn't, uh, it's not limited to energy and climate and uh, civil protection, but also intelligence, defense, uh, uh, any, anything, you name it, and it's getting deeper by the hour, by the day, and what is very important that it's uh, uh, bipartisan, you know, in both countries, you know, all the parties agree in Israel, all the parties agree in Greece, uh, uh, so the, the intelligence sharing is part of this deep cooperation, uh, and uh, the Greek uh, security forces uh, uh, cooperated with the Israeli security forces in order to foil uh, this uh, plan. I'm sure they cooperate in many things on just that. Uh, it was a very successful cooperation, and it is a very successful cooperation. As I said, we, we share a lot of challenges and threats, and we have to stick with each other. Okay, we'll ask one or two more questions, and we'll get to audience questions. I see we already have a few, but if you have any questions, please go ahead and type it in the Q&A box and we'll get to as many as possible. Um, another issue is um, Greece has been cooperating with Egypt on a major energy development project that reportedly will have a big effect on the region. Can you explain a little bit more about that? And also did the US uh, play a role in making that happen? 
You know, Greece has a long, long cooperation. I mean, goes had many, many years back with Egypt and very close relationship with uh, with Egypt. It's it's not something new. Uh, so in in this quest, which is not new, is not only linked to the war in Ukraine. It pre-existed the war in in Ukraine. Uh, Greece, uh, and this is also bipartisan in Greece. Uh, uh, we want to to turn to renewables. You know, it's it's very important for. Us uh, to turn to, to renewables, to, to go to this energy transition. Of course, now with the war in Ukraine, this move uh, is, re is really is, has taken more uh, push, uh, but it started before. Uh, so, in this context, uh, um, the fact that Egypt, Egypt produces gas, but also Egypt has, Egypt has the sun and they, want, they produce energy. Uh, so the, the the connection between Egypt and Greece with, uh, to to transport electricity from uh, Egypt to Greece uh, is very very promising. So right now, as we speak, there are four projects, uh, but they're all under under um, uh, they're, they're under study. You know, they they are under consideration uh, to take electricity produced in Egypt uh, either through gas. Uh, um, some of this gas is the one exported from Israel to Egypt. Uh, some is uh, produced in Egypt. Uh, it's turned into electricity and moved, uh, exported to Greece and through Greece uh, to Europe. Western Balkans and all the way to Europe. This is a form of clean energy. It's much easier to have an electrical cable instead of having a big pipeline. It's easier. It's cost. It doesn't cost so much. And um, of course, it will take some time until all these projects or one of them. I don't know what will be financially viable and will go forward. Um, but uh, in the long term, is 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 an option that is really, really uh, uh, very important and very much needed in Europe. All right, we'll get to the audience questions now. Um, first one is uh, from Daniel Pipes. He's the president of the Middle East Forum. He asks, uh, Kastleritsu, I believe is the name, um, a small and distant Greek island about halfway to Cyprus, right off the coast of Anatolia. It greatly limits Turkey's maritime rights. Please tell us where things stand at present on this issue. According to the international law of the sea, all islands have maritime zones. And as I understand, the distance between mainland and the islands is not uh, it doesn't uh, is not a factor uh, 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 concerning their sovereignty. Otherwise, <laughs> maybe even Japan wouldn't have been independent. You know, the islands of the coast. Uh, so Greece has over two thousand islands. Some are closer to mainland Greece, some are more remote. Uh, all of them are Greek, uh, you know, they're international treaties. They have Greek citizens, they have Greek people, uh, not only citizens, but also uh, as national identity. Uh, and uh, of course, Castellorizo has rights, uh, as all islands do have rights uh, on maritime zones. Uh, look, I want to be very, uh, very clear. When the moment comes and we decide, uh, the, um, we decide with Turkey, or if we don't decide, we agree with Turkey to transfer the issue to the international court, uh, um, the court uh, will, will draw the lines of the maritime zones. And of course, when you draw the lines, there are a lot of factors that are taken into consideration. Greece is not... Uh, um, uh, you, you know, 
we're open uh, to what the court says and we'll accept the court's decision. But one thing that even the court or nobody says is that islands are deprived of their rights because they're either small or too far from the mainland. This is, I haven't heard that any place. I understand. Um, do, another question from the audience. Do you see Russia exploiting Greek-Turkey tensions to wedge two NATO countries against each other? And is Greek prepared for, Greece prepared for an escalation in tensions due to uh, things stemming from the war? I cannot see of a better gift to Mr. Putin than a NATO conflict or, an, uh, or, or, or a conflict within NATO or two NATO allies being, uh, you know, reaching a point of no return. That would be really a gift to Mr. Putin. But it's not Greece who is going to give this gift. Uh, we don't have any contacts with Russia. In the name of our principles and our alliances, we really sacrificed with full, you know, with no, no second thoughts, uh, our long historical relationship with the Russian people, because for Greece, invasion is unacceptable. Greece has suffered from invasion in Cyprus. We know what it means. Uh, and uh, uh, you can uh, have grievances against uh, your neighbors. You can have uh, problems with your neighbors. That is understood. But you don't take your army and you invade your neighbor. This is unacceptable. And we explained that to the Russians. And uh, um, so our relations with Russia is non-existent right now, practically. So it's not us who is going to offer this gift to Mr. Putin. And I hope Mr. Erdogan, despite his close ties uh, with Russia, understands uh, that this is not to the benefit of anybody. In your opinion, do you think Turkey be included in any two plus one agreements with Israel, Greece, and Cyprus if there was any resolution in the Cyprus unification? I don't think any of us, Greece, Israel, or Cyprus, have ever said that this is going to be an exclusive group, that nobody can be admitted or it cannot be expanded. My personal dream is could be four plus one and Turkey be part of that. Uh, we see the map, we're not oblivious, uh, but this group of this schema is based on principles. Uh, it's a principle, uh, it, it shared principles, not only shared interests, but shared principles, because we want to live in a rules-based international order. So if Turkey behaves uh, uh, in this way and Turkey accepts uh, the rules of, of, of uh, the international law and rules of uh, uh, international order, why not? Mm -hmm. um... One issue, it's not uh, as hot as it used to be, but is the issue of, um, due to the war in Syria mostly, of um, refugees coming into Europe, and Greece has played a major role in that. This is a really complicated issue. Um, how do you view this issue and Greece's handling of these issues in the past, and also should they, you know, could they, should they continue? First of all, because now we don't have refugees from Syria. The Syrian borders to Turkey are closed. Um, as many uh, the people who wanted to leave Syria practically have left. Uh, 
a lot, a lot of mm -hmm. the mill, uh, you know, went through Greece to uh, other countries, European countries, and a lot of mm -hmm. them uh, have found a new home in Turkey, and they have this home now for the last 10 years almost. Uh, so, and Turkey gets a lot, a lot of money from the European Union in order to support these refugees. So the people who try to cross now the Aegean into European Union, they're migrants. Uh, people from various parts of the world, uh, not from Syria, from Pakistan, uh, uh, from uh, Bangladesh, uh, uh, African countries who uh, come through Turkey to Greece and then to Europe, all the way to Europe, in, in search of a better life, which is understandable and nobody can accuse them of doing so. But uh, uh, unfortunately, the European borders cannot be left uh, uh, completely unprotected because Greece is in favor of legal immigration, but not illegal immigration. We understand that the, all of us in the European Union, we need legal immigration, uh, but we, don't, we cannot afford to have people coming to our shores unchecked, completely unchecked. Nobody knows who they are. They, they tear down their documents. You don't know even where they come from. And such a lot of them are well-meaning people, but you, don't, you, you cannot accept people like that because uh, uh, not only for security reasons, but also you have to provide some support to these people. There is no point that these people arrive in a European country and living in conditions that are not humane. And no one, no one above all Greece, which is a small country, have the capacity to absorb unlimited number of people like this. And then we have the European system um, of immigration, which is really, it's under discussion because we all understood after the crisis of uh, 2015 that uh, what uh, was okay before uh, now it doesn't work uh, and we have to really upgrade it and modernize it uh, but the discussions are very difficult uh, because there are different views on the part of different uh, European Union members. Uh, we all understand that immigration is a big challenge that has to be handled uh, and we all agree that it's a European challenge uh, that has to be handled in a, in a unified way but unfortunately we haven't reached uh, yet uh, the conclusion about how to do it. Uh, so th the big part of these people now, as I said, are economic migrants in, in search of a better future. And this is not, a, you cannot have unchecked entrance in huge numbers. And uh, if you have an, a refugee crisis, this is about uh, uh, Syrian refugees who live in Turkey for the last six, seven, ten years. Uh, and they're used by the Turkish authorities as a weapon in order to blackmail Europe, European Union, not necessarily Greece, in order to get some political benefits. So either way, it cannot work like that. Yeah. So the uh, situation is much better now, I have to say. We have one last, we have to have time for one more question. Um, um, let's see. The, um, what is the, um, let's see. What is the uh, Greeks of government's official position on Palestinian statehood and how does it affect its relationship with Israel? You know, we, we have the, the there is a, 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 a European, a common European stance on this issue that we are in favor of a two state solution that guarantees a homeland for the Palestinians, but also takes into consideration all the security concerns of Israel. 
So when it comes to that, we fully align uh, with the European position. And uh, this is uh, something that uh, uh, we communicate to the Israeli government. We talk very closely with the Israeli government about a lot of issues. Uh, and this is the official position of this. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ambassador. It's been a fascinating talk. We really appreciate your help or your time and uh, been grateful to work with you whenever we can and hope to see more of you later. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks to your audience for their patience. Thank you. No, no problem. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.